This morning's reading is in two parts. Um, It starts in Mark chapter 4, verse 4, and then verses 8 and 9. And then it goes on into 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 to 10. So if you could perhaps open your Bibles at both those places and um, have them ready. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. And now on to 1 Thessalonians. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath shall we pray together our loving heavenly father we thank you for the fellowship of this church we thank you for the tradition of this church and for the place that the bible holds And we now pray that through your word you would speak to us. May it be your voice that we hear. Please help us to listen and to accept it and to obey it. And may you be pleased with all that is said and thought here this morning. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have two... Bible passages to consider this morning. We have the parable of the soils, uh, and this is talk number five. You've been having a summer series on the uh, parable of the sower, and this is the last one in the series, and I think the heading which is up there on the screen for us summarizes certainly the last bit of the parable in Mark 4. Listening leads to growing. And then we have a second passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And of course that passage is an example of people who did just that. There's our heading, listening leads to growing. And those that are written about in 1 Thessalonians 1, well, they listened and so they grew. And as we look at that passage, we'll find out that this attractive, vibrant description of the people of God in 1 Thessalonians, of a people of God maturing, of a people of God enjoying God's good pleasure and seeing progress with the gospel. 
as we see that, we'll find the link between the two passages. But we should begin in uh, Mark chapter 4. Uh, thank you for that reading. I'm just going to read verse 3 and then those two verses again, 8 and 9. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Some seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60 or even a hundred times. It is a promise that when the seed of the word falls on good soil, there will be a wonderful crop. So we're looking at that wonderful crop now. It's rich and it's full and it is more than expected. I mean, if we had a farmer friend and we knew that they had planted a field with the seed, we would want the farmer to have a crop like this at the end of the season. Or if we were the farmer ourselves, certainly, having sown the seed, having laboured, we would want the seed to produce a crop like this. And it's the sight of this full crop, the promise in Mark 4 of the 30, the 60, the 100, that should be just quietly producing in our heart, even now, a longing that our lives and the lives of other people might be like that. In this parable, Jesus is talking about people. So he's talking about you, and he's talking about me, and how we are going to respond when we hear the teaching of the Bible. And of course, he is talking to people who are outside of this building. The message will have to go beyond here. Now, something very remarkable, yet very disturbing, might happen here this morning. In the next 15 minutes and during the coming week, every single bit of the parable of the sower might be taking place. I mean, I hope not. I hope not here among the people of this church. But Jesus does warn us that there will always be different responses to the preached word, to the scattered seed. You may recall from one of the earlier talks on this that this particular parable comes in a section of teaching in Mark's Gospel. It begins in chapter 3 and verse 13 where Jesus calls the apostles to be with him, to have time with him and for him to teach them. And this particular section ends at 8.29 where Peter says, you are the Christ. And all those chapters are Jesus preparing and teaching his disciples for ministry out in a hostile world. So the parable does warn us that there will be different responses when we speak the word of Christ to other people. Well, I hope that all the responses that Jesus mentions in the parable will not be seen here. Here is the parable, as we just remember what's been covered in the last few weeks. Uh, we've been learning that some of the seed fell on the path, and people can be so easily distracted when the word is being sown. And that seed is just snatched away by the evil one. Uh, 
And that could happen here. It could be happening now. It's very easy for us to be distracted from the word. Someone just begins to think, this story hasn't got anything to do with me. I've heard this story before. And then the thoughts begin to go elsewhere. How am I going to manage next week? It is the first week of September next week. And just think how many things I have to do. And if only my wife, if only my husband did more, understood a little bit more of what I'm going back to at work. You see how easy it is for the sown word to be snatched away. And it could be happening now. I hope not. It may be happening during the week. And also the talks have told us that some people are easily overcome. So we have the uh, easily... um, Isn't that extraordinary? Let me see what the next one says. Oh, I see. Okay, easily distracted, easily overcome. We're looking at the, uh, the seed which falls upon the rocky ground and then uh, is overcome by uh, the, uh, the weeds and everything that is there. The sun comes out and scorches it. I remember when I was a chaplain at Moncton Coombe School, and I had uh, preached a sermon. The whole school is present. It's on a Sunday morning. And it had been on believing and following Jesus. And as the school pupils left, one of the six formers uh, came up to me and said, really enjoyed that. I thought that uh, the message was good, and that is really how I most want to live. And I believe what he was saying. It seemed a genuine response to what he had heard in the sermon. A lot of hanging around in the quad after the service, and uh, a lot of them stayed around chatting. So a few minutes later, I overheard a conversation. This uh, young man was with a group of his friends, and they were talking about the service, and they were talking about the sermon. And someone said, what did you think of that? And he replied, I thought it was great. And immediately his friends ridiculed him. And you could hear him starting to back down, well, not so great. And so it went on. And he was being overcome, like the sun scorching the seed, which has shallow roots and grows up so quickly on that rocky soil. Yes, some easily overcome, and this could happen to us, here or during the week. And then we can see it is uh, very easy to find ourselves compromised, because the seed of the word is sown, and then worries and money and desires begin to choke the spiritual life and progress in us. And so our thoughts fill with other things. And in our homes and in our conversations with one another, all we do is talk about our worries or our money or our desires, the things that we aspire to, the things which are concerning us at that moment. And then our spiritual life is choked. But Jesus is teaching in this parable It doesn't have to be like this. We don't have to be easily distracted, easily overcome, easily compromised. It doesn't have to be like that. Yet, 
I don't know whether you would agree with this. It's not so easy to listen to the word of God, to accept it, and it's certainly not easy to obey it. Do you remember the words of Jesus? Small is the gate, and narrow and hard is the way that leads to life, and few find it. It's not so easy to listen, to accept, and to obey. So this morning, can I ask this question? I know I'm a guest here, just a visitor, but can I ask this question? How goes it with you? The listening, the accepting, the obeying. I hope you don't mind me asking that particular question, but that's what we have to do. It has to become that personal. When I go out to uh, Eastern Europe and Central Asia, sometimes I have a short period of time with a lot of different people. That's just the way it works very often. And I used to always ask this question, how are you? And they'd be very happy to tell me, and the conversation could go on for a very long time. I've scrapped that question. I never use it anymore. I only have one question now, and this is it. I say, how are things with you and God? So we've done away with all the small talk, because I haven't got long, and I asked them, how are things between you and God? And everybody is happy to reply, okay, not so good, has been better, I wish it were better. And then that gives me the opportunity in just a few moments to say, well, it can be better. It doesn't have to be what you are describing to me. Please don't avoid me afterwards when we're having coffee outside. Um, I won't ask you that question. I can talk about many other subjects. (laughs) But it is the question, isn't it, that we need to be asking and encouraging of one another. How is it with you and God? Supposing you ask me that question. I'm going to say, well, the last month's been good, thanks. A bit of learning, a bit of growing, a bit of sharing with other Christians. And then Thursday, wham, bam, crash. An email comes from Tatarstan, and in the college, without consulting me, and I happen to be the director, they make a decision. And the decision is not a good decision. Worse than that, they send this email to somebody else, one of my colleagues in this country, bypassing me. Don't know why. And I start to feel angry, and I start to feel that they shouldn't have done that. Don't they realize how much I'm helping them? Don't they understand how much work I'm doing for them? And you can see what was building up inside me on that Thursday. I mean, just a few days ago. The self-assertiveness begins to come in, begins to take over. The listening stops. The humility falls away. And in a space of a few hours, the whole thing can become very, very messy. You see, that was putting myself and my thoughts and what I wanted before a humility which says, well, perhaps I need to think, why did they make that decision? Why did that email go there? Is there another way around this? God is still in control. This is not my mission. You see how quickly we take it personally and how quickly the hackles rise and then we stop listening. 
we have asserted ourselves over and against God's will, his people, and the need for humility. But it doesn't have to be like that. And Juliet will tell you, Thursday was not a particularly nice day in the home. She didn't completely understand why. But I was wrestling with myself. There was a spiritual battle going on. And I knew it didn't have to be like this, that I could move beyond this and regain the, the biblical poise, the humility that Jesus would have shown. But it took a while to work it through. And then I started to say to myself, it doesn't have to be like this. And Jesus in the parable says, although it's hard to listen, to accept, to obey, we don't have to be those who fall. No. It can be different. It always can be. You see, that's the picture I needed to put back into my mind of the 30, the 60, the 100-fold. Well, how does that work out in practice? Well, our 1 Thessalonians passage helps us with that. And if you've still got that open, it will be a help as we turn to it. Because this particular passage describes to us what it looks like when the crop is 30, 60, 100 fold. What it leads to is personal growth. When we listen, when we accept the word, when we obey, rather than putting ourselves into the center of the picture through self-assertiveness, it leads to personal growth. And that's what had happened here with the Thessalonian Christians. In verse 6 it says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord. You welcomed the message with joy. You see, the Thessalonian Christians received the message of the Bible. And as a result, verse 7, they became a model to all the believers. In verse 3, they became those who are understood to have labored with love. And verse 3, they became a people who had endured all the hardships. You see, personal growth was resulting from them having received the word and listened to it. And that description in these verses in chapter 1 is wonderful. Because that model, that labor of love, that endurance, they're all things that I want to be in my best moment. But sometimes they evade me because I put myself into the center of the picture. But I want to be like these believers in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Well, the answer is, I have to receive the word. And then there will be personal growth. I hope you don't mind one uh, more story about uh, Mark. You've had a picture, but here's a story. When he was very small, I used to have him on my shoulder here. And I would walk up and down endlessly because he's a very active person. And before he could walk, he wanted to be carried and moved around. Not, it would not do just to stay put. So I used to walk him up and down, and we covered miles together. And I did find that if I had a spoon in this hand and a bottle in this hand, a baby there, I could do two things. I could exercise him, and I could feed him. Now Mark has grown up to be a man. And if need be, he could put me on his shoulder and carry me up to bed. And uh, I'm counting on that one day, by the way. Mark has grown physically. And that's what we would expect. And that's wonderful to see. 
How tragic if he had stayed small. But transfer that to the spiritual realm. If we stay small as Christian believers and we don't mature personally, how tragic is that? Not to grow spiritually must be the far worse thing. But how terrific it is if we begin to grow spiritually. And if we listen, if we accept, if we obey, the promise of this passage is that there will be 30, 60, 100 fold. We will grow personally. And then we'll be imitating 1 Thessalonians 1, these believers. And that will be a fantastic picture. Yes, it will be wonderful if we live that way because we have been listening. Let me just think of most of our conversations at home. They often center around, I want to do this. I want to go there. I want a piece of that action. So they center around things, people, places. And that's very ordinary and that's really quite natural. But wouldn't it be marvellous if into that conversation we dropped another type of question and we started talking more together, I want to be like that. And we have a picture in our mind of these model believers in 1 Thessalonians. (coughs) Instead of us just talking about the practicalities of life, where we want to go and what we want to do, we say, that's how I would like to be as a person. I would love there to be personal growth. Well, Jesus promises it in the parable, and here is an example of it in 1 Thessalonians. But what else is the result of the listening and the accepting and the obeying? Well, here it is. It will be pleasing the Lord God. In uh, our Thessalonians passage, uh, they are described as people who had turned to serve the living and the true God. So this God, who has done everything for them, he is saying to the Thessalonian believers, you can please me by the way you live, by your turning, by your not following of idols, by your serving the true God, you will be pleasing me. Now, I think all of us know how pleasing it is to the soul to please another person. When you have done that, doesn't it feel good? And here, Jesus is holding out before us the possibility of pleasing the creator of the universe. You see, if we are going to grow spiritually, 30, 60, 100, that is a gift from God, isn't it? He is the one who gives the growth. But as we live that more bountiful, fuller life, it is like a gift back to God that we can please him with the life that we lead. So it's a wonderful blessing and a wonderful result of the good news of the gospel. And here we have one more to add to it. If we accept the word and don't battle against it, if we obey rather than asserting ourselves selfishly, then it will lead to personal growth. It will lead to pleasing the Lord God. And it will lead to the progress of the gospel. 
because that's what happened here with the Thessalonian believers. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 8. The Lord's message ran out from you throughout all Macedonia and Caia. Isn't that incredible? Because of their receiving of the word, because they personally grew, because their lives were pleasing to the Lord God, the message ran out, uh, rang out in the whole region. Uh, it's a wonderful verse to read. The Lord's message rang out as it became known about you. So their listening, accepting, obedient behavior, their model of what it means to be a Christian, that then became the Lord's message to other people. And it's marvelous when that happens. Yeah, I wanted this picture. Here we are. I want to tell you the story of this uh, young woman. Uh, In this picture, she is 25 years old. But her story begins when she was uh, 18 years old. I met her at the college in uh, a different country, a country called Kazakhstan. Maya speaks uh, Tajik, that's her home country. She speaks Russian and she speaks English. On one occasion, a British tourist was passing through her village in Tajikistan. And the British tourist just stopped to take in the scene and perhaps to have some conversation with some of the people there. Uh, Maya saw her and decided that she could practice her English. So she went across to this uh, tourist and started to chat to her. Uh, The tourist was a Christian believer. And as they chatted, the Christian believer started to gossip the gospel to Maya, just telling her about Jesus and uh, all that Jesus had done. And when they had finished their conversation, the uh, tourist gave to Maya a Gideon New Testament Bible. And Maya took this home, a very strong Islamic home. In the quietness of her own room, she started to read the gospels. No evangelist, no teacher, no other Christian believer, she read the Gospels. And as she read the Gospels, the Jesus of the Gospels became alive. Alive in her experience, not just as a person written about in a book, but as a real person. She didn't have any words to describe what was happening to her, but she became a true Christian believer through the reading of the Scriptures. Uh, She became a follower of Jesus. She wasn't sure what to call herself, and she kept it quiet for two or three weeks, just reading the Gospels and getting to know what Jesus did more and more. After some time, she thought, I will call myself a follower of Jesus Christ. It was necessary at some point to tell her family. So she went to her family, a father, mother, and a younger brother, and she told them that she had become a follower of Jesus. There were no words at that point. They marched her straight to the village square, and they beat her. And they beat her because she was of the Islamic faith. And what she was doing was bringing great disgrace upon the family, and therefore upon the village. And the only way they could respond to that was to show her the error of her ways. 
So she was taken to the village square and she was beaten. We have um, runner beans in this country and we put up our poles with canes. That's what they used. She was never scarred for life, but they did beat her. I met her when she was 25, so quite some years after she had become a Christian. In fact, seven years after she had become a Christian. And I said to Maya, how did you survive those years? What happened in your home after you had become a follower of Jesus? Well, she said, every week I was taken to the village square and beaten. During the time when my father went to Moscow to work and he was not in the home, my younger brother would give the weekly beating. I said, how did you survive in your home? Not just the physical uh, humiliation of that. She said, well, I read my Gideon New Testament and I decided to live the life of Jesus in my home. And that's what she did. So the listening believer started to live like Jesus, following his example. After some while away in uh, Moscow working, her father came back to the family home and he said, May I, I need to talk to you. There is something different in our home. What has happened? And he'd noticed that the whole atmosphere of the home had changed very much for the better. And he said to Maya, your God is better than all the other gods. And he started to listen to her testimony of turning to Jesus. Well, Maya listened to Transworld Radio. And on Transworld Radio, they advertised the college in Kazakhstan where I was teaching. She started saving money for the college. And then she applied to be a student there. She plucked up the courage to ask her father, can I go to this college to study the Bible? And amazingly, against all the odds, he gave her permission to go. And that's where I met her. There she is, age 25, after seven years in that, Christi in that home where she had to try and be a Christian against all the odds. I mean, I find it a wonderful story because... The Christian Tourist, the Gideon New Testament, Transworld Radio, and then the Bible School in Kazakhstan, all in God's sovereignty coming together. She did her two years of training in the Bible School, and because she is a natural linguist, she is now translating Russian Bible study material into the Tajik language. Now that, for me, is 30, 60 hundredfold. It goes from somebody listening, obeying, and being prepared to accept the word and the tribulation that comes from believing it, and then you don't know where that is going to go. But in her life, it went through 50, uh, 30, 60, 100, because she did listen. I'm sorry those slides got mixed up. I've just moved back one to this. We hear a story like that. And we have to, in our minds, not be carried away with it. In the parable of the sower, in verse 7, 
there is no grain. Jesus said the word was sown here, but there was no result. And how tragic is that if there is no grain? What a waste it would be if the seed of the word is sown, but there's no growth. What a waste it would be if there's people missing out on enjoying the good pleasure of God. Perhaps not even making the gospel known beyond their own families. And we've been saying to ourselves, it need not be so. There can be fruit He who has ears, let him hear. And the answer begins with each one of us. So we go back through the Maya picture and end on this. Jesus said to us, it need not be so. You don't have to be easily distracted. You don't have to be easily overcome. You don't have to be easily compromised. We don't have to go down any of those routes We can all here this morning decide that we're going to go down the listening, accepting, obeying route. And as we do that, something beautiful will come into our lives and change us. And that's the thirtyfold. And then the effect of that, like in the story of Maya, becomes the sixtyfold. And then when we take it even further afield as Maya did through the translation of the Bible study material, it becomes the hundredfold. Well, the richness of this picture, the story of Mark chapter 4, that is what should capture our hearts. This is what we should aspire to. This is what should fill our conversations and get us very excited indeed. The seed of the word being sown and then ringing out, not just here in Long Crendon, but beyond that. And who knows, perhaps some here even into Central Asia. Let's pray together. Our Father, in our best moments, we do want to hear your word because we know yours is the word of life. We do want to accept it and we do want to be those who obey. So please help us when it is hard and when we don't want to, those moments when we are putting ourselves forward and we forget the humility which Jesus showed. We want to be those who show the life of Jesus in the way we live. So please come and help us. May it be that the story of our lives, the message which we hold within us, rings out to many more people. And our Father, we want to pray for those who have not yet had the seed sown. For the many millions in Central Asia and other parts of this world. And we continue to pray that you would send out workers into the harvest field. May your word be heard 
and may many people turn from idols to serve you, the living God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.